0: Join the Geek Therapy Discord server and talk to cool people about cool things. You can join us at geektherapy.com discord. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. At Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the content we care about. My name is Oscar Cardona, and I'm joined by Brandon Saxton. Hello. And it's just you and me, Brandon. That's it? Whoa. It's a dynamic duo. Ah, oh, yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. We can do this. We can do this. I believe in us. I have <laughs> some faith. Let's <laughs> <laughs> cool. I don't think
1: we've ever recorded anything just you and me. Never. This is the first time we've certainly had conversations just you and I before. So it's just like that, right? Just with the microphone. This is true. We have spoken. <laughs> it's true. So we've, we're we well practiced. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This will be fine. This will be great. Mm-hmm. Brandon, have I ever told you my Marijuana Man story?
1: Never once. I'm I'm very excited to hear it.
0: Okay. Okay. So, uh, this was early on in my counseling career. I had a client who, you know, typical geek therapy. I go in. The first things I ask are, what are you into? What do you love? You know, what are your favorite hobbies? What are your favorite books, comics, video games, things like that? And I have a client and she says... Uh, I have a favorite comic book. It's called Marijuana Man. Have you ever heard of it? I was like, No, no, I've never heard of this book. She says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it, I'm gonna bring it in, and I want to show you. I'd love to share it with you. Fantastic." Mm-hmm. So next session, she brings in the book, and she shows me, and it's it's pretty awesome. Since then, I've bought it and I and I've read it. And as we kept talking, she's telling me about what she loves about the story. And she opens up about her own marijuana use and how um, that story got her thinking about, uh, about marijuana and, and what it meant to her in her life. But one thing that has always stuck out to me about this story in particular was that she loved the artist because the artist's story, the creator's story, resonated with her. And she related to his story and, and his life. And that was the first time that I ever realized that the content that we love, we can love it for many different reasons. It isn't necessarily just those characters that we relate to. There are so many different things that we can connect with. And that story has always stuck with me. I I talk about it uh, every time I present on Geek Therapy, I try to talk about it because it's something to keep in mind too, you know, that just different layers um, on content, And so I read an article recently that got me, that reminded me about the Marijuana Man story and it is, I shared it on the Slack. Did Mm -hmm. you, did you check out this article?
1: Yes, I have read it.
0: Okay. Okay. And the, the article is on Vice. It's written by Carol Grant and the title is Neon Genesis Evangelion feels more explicitly queer thanks to this trans voice actor. There's a, I'm going to quote part of the article. She says, the new English voice of protagonist Shinji Ikari is a non-binary trans woman named Casey Mangillo. Though this may not mean much to the show's cisgender fans, Mangillo's casting is more than just a reimagining of the classic character. For the marginalized section of the show's audience that includes trans people and gender nonconforming people, Netflix's updated dub has breathed new life into one of the most important anime series of all time, taking what was once queer subtext and bringing it closer to outright text. Now, I'm watching the show again right now. I've watched the show many, many times. Oh. And having it be about the voice actor is really interesting because uh, when this show first came out in the U.S., it had an English dub. And then there was there were these Platinum Edition uh, DVDs that came out that had director's cuts on them. And for that re-release, they changed some of the voices. They couldn't get the same actors. So there was a second cast for some of the voices. There's also a movie reimagining of the entire series with all the same characters, that has another cast, hmm. and now this new version on Netflix, which just uh, released a few weeks ago, has now this one has an entirely new cast. There are some actors, for example, the actor of uh, the actor that does the voice of Shinji, the main character on the show, has always been in English at least has been the same across all versions up to now. This is the first time that that character okay. has has been voiced by a different actor. Yeah. So the voice acting in, in this show has always been something that I've paid attention to. I like dubs, so I listen to dubs more than more than subs. And this just opened my mind to so many different things because I, I think this, this actor is doing a great job. Uh, Zhang in the, on the Discord one day mentioned that when Shinji is yelling in this version, it's like the most haunting screams he's ever heard. <laughs> And and it's true. The voice acting is just incredible, incredible. And so I wanted to talk about this. Um, I'm sorry that that uh, that Lauren and Lara aren't here to to give me their their input. But it was just something that, it, again, it reminded me of that marijuana man story, and it made me think of how important this must be, and that, and the kind of layers that it adds to the character of Shinji. I know you haven't seen the show, mm-hmm. so so. Uh, I won't go into much detail <laughs> about that, but I just think that this is a great article to kind of open up the conversation. I'm curious if you had any thoughts or, or about, about that article.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a great read. So of course, and as you've kind of already hinted or flat out said, I haven't seen the show. So without that context, it's possible I missed some of the the nuance. But with that being said, I thought the article was really interesting to read. And what I really liked is how it opened up with a pretty brief discussion of how the the kind of the dub was somewhat negatively received and people weren't thrilled about it, and there was like mix-ups in the translation, and it overall made it sound like it it wasn't totally great in some ways. And I think that's not totally uncommon. I'm, I've watched some anime. I'm by no means uh, a, a proficient or or expert level anime person, but that's my general understanding. Is usually the the uh, the dubs aren't quite as good, and, and you're supposed to do the subs. But That's one opinion. <laughs> that's one opinion. It's not mine. That's just <laughs> what I read online for sure. So it was cool to kind of see that twist on it that, yeah, okay, so maybe some of this wasn't so great, and some of it got a little bit lost in translation. But there's this very unique situation or circumstance through which this person is providing some really cool really specific representation through their voice acting that touches on a topic and an experience that is very sensitive and and very specific to certain members of the trans community. And certainly something that I had never even considered. I really learned a lot about how specifically for trans men that uh, voice is uh, an area of concern and, and something that, according to what I read in the article at least, You know, you spend a lot of time practicing, you might never get your voice to be how you want it. And so it was really cool to read about this experience for someone who got so much out of the voice actor in in such specific, minute detail that certainly, even as they point out, and I have to presume for a, a listener or a watcher like me, I probably wouldn't have missed or it wouldn't have resonated with me in the same way. So yeah, just so cool. What a neat experience and how fulfilling and meaningful that must have been and certainly seemed to be um for Carol who wrote the article.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the new voice, right, is a non-binary trans woman named Casey Mangillo, and Casey does an incredible job. I don't know her preferred pronouns, so I'm just gonna go with she/her for now. Just an amazing job as Shinji, and again, all that nuance and stuff that I wasn't even thinking about, and that I've I'm I'm almost done with my rewatch, uh, and I've watched a few episodes after after reading that, and they're still like I'm trying to pick up on things, but I think I think I'll never see what mm-hmm. Carol is talking about in the, in that article. And that's fine, right? That's, it doesn't, I don't, I don't have to. Those are things that are just part of the trans experience that, that I I, I can't relate to, Mm -hmm. but, but I'm looking for it now, right? Those are things that I wasn't thinking about before. And again, so so many things to think about, but I want to comment on one thing that you said about, oh, people say, you know, subs is the way to go. Right. And I've, I've always, I've always found that funny because like, if you don't understand Japanese, how do you know the voice acting is actually good? Right. (laughs) You know, like. You may like the sounds that are coming out of their mouths, but how do you know that the acting is actually good if it doesn't make any sense? I, I don't know. I think I've always thought that that's funny. <laughs> a, a bad English dub? Yes, they exist. They are real. <laughs> um, there are bad English dubs of a lot of things, but how do you know that the original is, is actually any better? I mean, I mean, I, I'm, as someone who knows two languages and has watched a lot of things in Spanish, I've never like I never prefer the dub to the original voice but like as far as acting goes and things right. like that but like sometimes it's cringeworthy too I don't know with with animation it's different because animation there's still every every voice is voicing this animated character even mm-hmm. even like disney movies that are written in english and animated I guess you could say they're animated in English, right? But they're still, they're not really animated in right. English, you know? <laughs> the voice actor is still trying to give a voice to this animated character. So anyway, so so that's something that I think about a lot. And again, so, so there are things that you just don't pick up. So I almost feel like, it's just like, I don't understand Japanese. It's like, well, I don't understand the, that part of the trans experience. So it's not something that I can see, but, right. but I believe that it's absolutely there. Not like, again... my my, my mind is blown and I'm I'm thinking about this because I watch a lot of animated stuff. I watch a lot of anime uh, myself and there have only been a few times when I've thought about, or well, actually more recently, right? So we've got the Lion King is coming Mm -hmm. to theaters right now and the cast of the Lion King has a lot of really well-known voices and most of the actors of all the prominent roles are black actors and I don't, I haven't read anything about this. I don't know what John Favreau is thinking. I don't know if he's like, oh, well, you know, Lion King takes place in Africa. So we want African-American actors Mm -hmm. or we want black actors. I don't know if that's the reason, but most of the cast is black. In the original, that wasn't the case. Jonathan Taylor Thomas did the voice of young Simba (laughs) in the Lion King movie. And I don't know, like, that's not something that I really thought about, especially not back then. I didn't think Mm -hmm. about who was voicing the character, but with the new Lion King, I've been thinking about that a lot. I don't know. Have there ever been any voices that made you think or or affected you in any way or made you, I don't know, that actually
1: that meant something to you? It's Honestly, I don't think it's an experience that I can explicitly remember ever relating to. Certainly Hmm. not in the experience that was described in the article. And like you've already pointed out, and I think I've said already a bit, to read Carol describe it was really interesting and engaging for me because it wasn't something I could relate to. Um, There was really specific like tiny details and nuance and shifts that were being commented on that I certainly would have missed. And so that just, you could just feel the connection and how meaningful that was. And that really wasn't something I could relate to. Certainly I can relate to characters or stories that were meaningful to me because of content or, or things like that. But I can't remember any time where there was something very explicit about a voice that, Created that kind of meaning for me, or had that kind of connection for me. So it's really cool for me to read about, but admittedly, not something that I can remember ever experiencing myself. So is it because we're white men? It's, it's very possible. Yeah, <laughs> you
0: know that we've never just that we've never thought about this. Um, like I remember when I learned that Bart Simpson was voiced by a woman. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, that's kind of cool. But it's not like. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. It wasn't meaningful to me. I just thought right. it was interesting. Mm-hmm. And even I don't know. There have been there have been times when a Hispanic actor has has played a voice role, but usually they're doing some like heavy Hispanic accent that's just
1: sure.
0: stereotypical or offensive. So it's not really yeah. meaningful. Right. <laughs> not particularly. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, yeah. In any way, so. Meh, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not something I've thought about. Same thing with video games. Like I don't know, they're, they're like there are voice actors that I like, but mm-hmm. nothing, nothing that I really thought about. And I don't know. I, I guess maybe, maybe Lion King is a good example of like we've talked about representation in the past. Mm-hmm. um We talk about it a lot here, and and what a big deal it is. And I think it's a big deal in in Lion King. I think I think that having a majority black cast, it makes it more meaningful than if. Only Donald Glover or only Beyonce were a mm-hmm. star, right? It's like, no, no, no. So many different people are in this movie and, and they, they voice the cast. We can't imagine the way that some people will relate to particular right. content. And... And so I just, again, this episode, I just wanted to dedicate it to, to this part of voice because it's making me think a lot of, about a lot of things. And yeah, I don't want, I, I cannot possibly do justice to that article other mm-hmm. than just reading it. <laughs> right? right. So I will put links uh, to it in the, in the show notes for people to check it out because it's definitely, definitely uh, worth, worth checking out. I I did a little research. There was something that I wanted to to bring and i bought this book a long time ago by a psychologist named elaine Chaika and it was called pragmatics linguistics and psychotherapy and it was all about language and the words that we choose and i don't remember how much of the book touched on tone and the way words were said and the meaning behind that It was, it was a really interesting read. It's out of print. It's super expensive to find online. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And, and I was looking for my copy and I couldn't, I couldn't find it. It's in a box somewhere, I know, Mm -hmm. but, but it was something that I wanted. uh, It's something that has been really interesting to me for a really long time, because I think, I think that we can say a lot with our voices and I don't know. So like as a podcaster, right, I know I'm jumping all over the place, but there's like a million (laughs) things that I want to talk about. Absolutely. As a podcaster, how do you feel about
1: your voice? Oh man, well you know I have specific feelings about my voice, (laughs) in that I won't listen to it. Really, really, never? Yeah. Uh, Like you never listen to your episodes? I never listen to my episodes. Um, So you don't listen to the show? No, unless I'm gone, then I listen. But that's fine for me because my voice isn't on it. No, I don't listen to the show. I experience it live, which is so much more special. No, I'm just kidding. But no, I really, it's a weird thing too. And I know like, I think this is not that uncommon. Like, oh, I heard my voice on the answering machine or my voicemail or a video. And oh my gosh, that's what my voice sounds like. And I don't know how far out of the norm I fall on that. But yeah, I really, I have a weird time listening to my voice so much so that I don't listen to this show for sure and even back when I was we were doing more regular episodes of Jedi Council and I think I've across the years of recording done the lion's share of the editing for that um it wasn't the type of editing like I know that you do where you listen to every second and clean it up and and make it really nice it was it was more macro level, uh, broader stroke kind of editing. Like Um, chopping at the end, at the beginning, slap some music on it and it's done. Yes. A touch more involved, maybe, but not much. Um, and a part of that was, I mean, just, it's a lot to listen to, to myself talk. And so I don't know what that means or, or kind of, I don't know how common of an experience that is. Oh, we're going to
0: break it down right now.
1: It's time. It's it's, someone needs to.
0: (laughs) For the record, Lara is the same way. She Mm -hmm. won't listen to her voice. And Lauren is more like me. Like, I know she listens to the episodes that she's been on. I'm happy that someone does. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, okay. So when you hear your voice, what do you, what is your, what is your
1: first thought? It's usually um maybe surprise. Usually it's surprise because it doesn't quite sound like what I think, but then it goes a lot deeper. um As I listen, I think. Even for someone who does a good amount of talking, just in general, like that that's just my job. I get paid to talk, whether it's in the context of teaching or or therapy uh or podcasting as as a my side hobby, I do a lot of talking, but I wish th- that I talked in a what's the right word, I guess, more smoothly, I guess, or more articulately i th- I do a lot of ums and I take a lot of pauses and I do a lot of like thinking while I speak. And it creates what I perceive, and I'm probably being overcritical of it as pretty choppy speech. And so then I get frustrated with, like, oh, I, I sound like a dummy, as kind of the thought, just to give you the raw, unedited thought. And okay. so that's kind of the experience of it a little bit. It starts with that, oh, that sounds weird. And then, oh, I, why am I, why do I talk so?
0: Who's this idiot?
1: Right. Yes. Kinda exactly. Okay. Exactly.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. That's what you think. Do you think other people think that? In so much as no one has ever said so, or at least very rarely no, And people like someone was very kind on the Discord once and actually made a comment about like how nicely they thought that I spoke. Um, so there's certainly evidence to the contrary to suggest that other people don't feel that way. But what do you think? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> a, a different question, I guess. No, I, probably not. Be, I don't think that probably most people have a problem with how I speak or how I sound or the, my voice um okay. because at least the people who listen to the shows that I'm on have been are very gracious and and kind people I guess that's hmm. my qualifier there I guess
0: <laughs> okay okay so I'm just curious do you want to make your voice sound different
1: I don't want the pitch or the tone or any of that to sound different. I think my voice is fine. I think I'm just not used to hearing it um, outside of my skull. I I wish sometimes that I spoke a little bit more smoothly and with, with less interruptions in my sentences, but never to the extent that I've taken any action other than to be mindful and tried to say um or ah less, but I've never taken like a voice class or done anything even like that, I guess.
0: Yeah. Cause one way that you could improve those things that you'd like to improve is to actually listen to your voice. I know.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> As someone who has recorded of Jedi council alone, there are over a hundred episodes. I know. Uh, plus I've been teaching done, hours and right. all your therapy hours.
1: <laughs> and even this show, I've been on a, a fair number of episodes at this point.
0: Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But if you racked up the hours, like, yeah, that's a lot. It's a, lot, a lot of talking. It's amazing. I yeah. can still talk as much as I do.
0: I mean, so I share a lot of the same feelings for at first it was, I couldn't stand the the sound of my voice and that's just, that's just the way it is because you're always listening to yourself from a different position, right? You're on the inside, literally. Right. (laughs) Right. And so it does sound different than, than when you're hearing it through speakers or recorded. Uh, that, that's just something that takes getting used to because it is surprising. I agree. And then I'm with you. There are lots of things that I say that I hate, Luckily when I edit them, I, I can take some of them out. <laughs> I take a lot of them out. And those things I try to be mindful. It's really hard. But it the only way I can possibly make those changes is to have that kind of feedback. Mm-hmm. I don't really like the sound of my voice either. Sure. Like there are people whose voices like I'm I'm jealous of them.
1: Yes. I, you know? I can relate to that experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm like, damn,
1: I like that voice
0: but i'm i'm used to mine and i've tried to improve a lot of things there, there's still a long way to go like i listened to a podcast called the geek box mm-hmm. i don't it's been a while since i listened to it actually but the the host ryan the vo- the host of that show has such a nasally voice like he sounds like he's doing a voice sure. he doesn't sound like a real person for a long time that was a motivator for me every time i felt like i sound like an idiot I was like, no, like this guy sounds like like he's got some balls. I can't believe that Shit. he actually records. And I don't know, he probably feels the same way, right? He's like, oh, like I sounded horrible. And then he just kept doing it, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. Last time I heard one of the episodes, there were like the 400s probably. And I don't know. I think a lot of people have, have uh, issues with their voice and, and how they come across but I listen to a lot of podcasts and some of the ones I like the most have people have, let's say, I don't think they have radio voices. You know, Mm -hmm. like some people will be like, oh, you have, your voice is just made for radio. Nobody's ever ever told me that. (laughs) Sure. And, but a lot of the things that I listen to now, like if you listen to... This American Life, or anything with Guy Raz on NPR. There's the guy on um, the Gimlet podcast, the startup podcast. Like those are not radio voices, right? They were producers, right. and they were. I don't know. I, I kind of see myself in the same position where I'm like, well, if I'm if I'm running the ship, I'm, every now and then I'm going to have to, or I'm going to okay. have to step up first and do this so that so that other people will do it after me. Mm-hmm. I've but I've never thought about what someone might pick up from my voice or like if does it matter to someone that I'm Hispanic that I was born Mm -hmm. in Puerto Rico does it does does anyone care that when they hear my voice I don't know it's interesting there there, are very few times when I think about that yeah Mm -hmm.
1: Hmm. I haven't thought about voice like this before I don't think ever this is a, a really interesting discussion And a really, I think, even now we've just had a pretty in-depth conversation about our own voices, and clearly there's a lot more thought and a lot more emotion that goes into both of our, maybe not presently as much for you, but maybe more in the past, but but both of our perceptions of our own voice. Uh, Which is interesting, right? Because at the beginning of the episode, I I sort of wrote off voice as being all that meaningful to me. But it's clearly something that is meaningful and so much as it's impactful to me to the extent that I won't listen to this podcast. So voice is a big deal, I guess, is what it all boils down to, right? And so it it really speaks to how meaningful that would be to have – Good, kind of to circle back to the article, to have an experience – that is unique to your community or to you as an individual that specifically relates to your voice and maybe potential difficulties or vulnerabilities, or just the experience itself. And to be able to have that representation in a character, I think that's pretty dang cool then. I mean, that's pretty neat.
0: Do you know, I I can't pick up uh, a particular type of accent from your voice. Mm-hmm. So to me it's it's not like your voice is representing Fargo, North Dakota,
1: you know? No, certainly not in the stereotypical way.
0: <laughs> I know you weren't born there but but right. you know, like I don't I don't know. There's there's nothing at least that I can pick up.
1: One of the professors in my department in graduate school very much studied and specialized in oh boy, I hope that she never listens to this because I'm going to butcher this now. Um in like accents and dialects i guess and and uh linguists out there please correct me because i'm I'm probably using these terms interchangeably and they probably ought not to be but to hear her sort of describe this area she's originally from boston um and came here and so she would be quick to point out the things that i or others here uh said that were unique to this region and I'm trying to remember some of the examples. I remember bag being one of them. The word bag was like the specific word that she said, like, there's something about this region. Like, yeah, you sort of say it uniquely there. I'm, I wish I could remember more of the examples. That was certainly <laughs> one of them. Um, but you're right. I, I certainly don't perceive myself to have any specific accent. And I think that's probably largely true for most most people, certainly the people in this area. But, yeah, I, I don't think I – fit within even the sort of stereotypical Fargo accent, certainly not what's depicted in the, the hit film.
0: But So what do you think of my voice? Does it like convey a particular location
1: to you? Not to me, no. A particular life experience? <laughs> Profession? <laughs> Socioeconomic th- th- level? <laughs> I, I, n- not that. <laughs> to me, I think you have a very nice voice. And I've thought in the past, like the way that you speak is something that in my mind, has been a model for me or something to work towards because I think you've done a really nice job cultivating at least specifically in or with which the way that you speak and the kind of flow and the pacing that you have. And you you I don't know if you ever say um or ah or anything like that, or if you do, it's very rarely. So I think in that way, I think you have, in my perception, a really nice voice um, for this type of audio medium. But beyond that, there aren't any specific demographic indicators or identities or, or populations or groups or communities <laughs> that I feel like I can pinpoint specifically from your voice or, and certainly uh, couldn't have, you know, without having that personal knowledge about you already.
0: Yeah, like, uh, to me, you sound American. I think mm-hmm. when I hear myself, I'm like, I sound American, right? And and that's pretty much it. Now in Spanish, it's a whole other story. Sure. So damn, we've we've gone completely off the rails yeah. from what well, I thought we were going to talk about. Okay, <laughs> but okay, so just like in English, right? Like in the United States, there are different accents. Also, I think I don't know. I think that there is like a generic movie American mm-hmm. <laughs> accent, right, that is kind of recognizable. And just like I couldn't pick out every single British accent, right. you know, but I know that there are a few different ones and someone from Canada I might be able to pick up depending on a few words and, you know, so on and so forth. In Spanish, there are way more countries that speak Spanish. right? So many, many different uh, accents. And a a lot of them are very distinct. And the Puerto Rican accent is very distinct because we have a a very uh, unique way of pronouncing uh, many words. So for me, there was some sort of, like for a while I was embarrassed of my accent Hmm. and I actively tried to change it to the point where I I was successful. And I think a lot of that had to do with, I don't know, my, my own feelings about how Puerto Rican Spanish sounded to other Spanish speaking countries and so i ended up (laughs) most people now when they hear me speak spanish they if if they have to pick they usually assume that i'm from colombia okay based on like looking at me and hearing my but but mostly hearing my accent like based on hearing my accent they think i'm colombian but what happened is that i tried to do some sort of neutral spanish speaking voice and that's really hard when there's so many countries like what, what does that even mean so I ended up picking little things from different countries and the things that were maybe more pronounced and more obvious of any particular country, including Puerto Rico. I'd try to tone it down. And I ended up doing something that now I can't, I can't undo. Like I can't, I can't go back. Like I don't, I don't know what kind of accent I have in Spanish. When I eventually, when I inevitably start a Spanish speaking podcast, Mm -hmm. other people will be able to tell me what the hell I sound like. (laughs) But it is something that I worked on for years because i worked as a therapist in spanish also Mm -hmm. so i worked with people from many different countries and i just wanted to i wanted to have some common ground with everybody Mm -hmm. I i don't know i don't know how to describe it exactly but i wanted my accent to be as neutral as possible i don't know how i feel about that now Man, this is making me think a lot. Right now. <laughs> I'm reflecting a lot on on these choices. But anyway, but but that that is done. I don't know. You know, I'd have to work on it to either move it back in one direction or the other, or just pick a country, <laughs> pick an accent
1: right. so <laughs> that I that I wanted. I'm curious at that time when you were in a place in your life where you wished that it your accent sounded differently. Was there anyone fictional or otherwise that you thought? that's what I wish I sounded like that you modeled it after or it, you kind of made it sound like maybe you picked and chose more little pieces of different accents
0: in Spanish. There was nothing. Okay. There were, there were a lot of negative examples, meaning there were a lot of voices that I knew I didn't want to sound like Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to, I don't like the way that sounds. I'm not going to do that. There I don't like the way that sounds. I'm not going to do that either. (laughs) I remember there's this, I don't know why, but I remember this one interview I saw when I was a kid of Ricky Martin on TV. Interesting. And he said something, he was actually, I, yeah, he said something in Spanish in a way that irritated me so much that to this day, sometime I, I still remember it. It was the weirdest way that he pronounced an R. And it, I think he was going through a lot of what I ended up going through afterwards, oh, okay. which is that you, you are surrounded by people who don't speak Spanish, and you start mixing the languages and you start, like it, so many other things influence the way you speak so he was losing his Puerto Rican accent mm. and there was but there's just like this really weird thing that he did with an R once that I was like ugh I never want to do that
1: interesting
0: yeah yeah but there was never like something that I emulated right I've heard those stories of people wanting to emulate a particular voice and I think I think that's part of uh, what is is mentioned in the in the Vice article mm-hmm. right that trans people like there's there's a very, There are very good reasons why you want your voice to sound differently and you try to work for it. And I'm sure that a lot of people have very specific examples that maybe you try to to emulate to practice. Right. And it can be done to an extent, right? According to according to the article. I only know about the accent. I, I don't really know about pitch and tone and right. how much of that. I don't know. Actually, that's a big part of what I uh, want to talk about also, which is actually pretending and doing different voices so let's take a break and come back and talk about that consider this your invitation to geek therapy's discord server we've got channels for probably too many things but it's great and we'd love to have you there go to geektherapy.com discord to join and chat about games and other stuff you care about again get your invite at geektherapy.com discord all right and we're back and We're just going to continue the conversation from before. No segment, no alliteration. (laughs) Just straight through. (laughs) Just straight through. Yep. Because one of the things that I think is interesting about that article is that Shinji's voice seems more genuine to the character. And I don't know how much of that is Casey doing a voice Mm -hmm. or Casey's real voice. Right. Right. I haven't I haven't seen interviews with her, so I don't know. But I I'm curious. You listen to a lot of actual plays, right? Where where mm-hmm. people play tabletop RPGs and record them. I've listened to the only one I've ever really listened to is Friends at the Table, mm-hmm. and not even like a whole campaign. But you play a lot of D anD D. You listen to a lot of actual pay- plays. What does what do voices? mean like like just take that take that question (laughs) in any way that you want but how important or how meaningful are voices in that role-playing experience it's
1: uh it's such an interesting question i right now i'm reflecting on um a recent podcast i started listening to called 20-sided stories that's pretty cool and their recent most recent arc was a pokemon arc they played like a tabletop pokemon rpg and it's all improv that they do with uh kind of sound effects and music added afterwards and it's a very fun show i definitely recommend it and it was interesting because right away i i'm having this experience now remembering this one of the reasons i got hooked into it was one of course for the nostalgic pokemon reasons but two because one of the voice actors had such a a funny sort of engaging voice Because they're all role-playing, you know, approximately 10 to, like, 13-year-old children. Um, And and the way that they do it is so – they have such a loving relationship, I think, for the Pokemon games and universe. But they're so over the top Uh, and like uh, how you would expect an adult to play as a 10-year-old. And it's very funny. All three of them are so funny. Um, And so I'm having this experience now of just how that made it so entertaining and engaging for me to imagine these 10-year-olds. And like the one, his main Pokemon is Zergertini. And every time he attacks in the beginning, he uses the move wrap and he's always just like, Dratini, wrap it up. And every time I just like busted out <laughs> laughing super hard because of he said it and said that specific line every time. And like the other like voice actors for like the opponents are bad. And like, like, please quit saying that. And it just made me laugh a lot. So I don't like, there's no like specific point to that other than I really connected with those voices, not because they were personally meaning for me, but because they were very specifically like entertaining and engaging for me, and that got me super hooked into the show. So that's one thing that is kind of cool. Other things that I think are kind of interesting about voices specifically within the realm of Dungeons & Dragons is the whole idea of doing a character voice, right? Because you've played one session of D&D beforehand or when you've thought about playing D&D, did you think about doing a character voice or did you plan to just use your k- kind of normal voice and say what the character was doing or wh- where did you sort of fall on that? So you were my DM
0: mm-hmm. and uh, my character was supposed to be very, very old, like mm-hmm. old towards the the end of his life. So I practiced a lot of old voices. Like I wanted to embody that character. And I just think I couldn't do it consistently sure. while I was practicing, and then I think I was also embarrassed mm-hmm. at the beginning when we started doing it, and or the idea of doing it because mm-hmm. I don't th- even think I, I don't even know if I started doing the voice when we played. Sure, and and I just fell out of it. I just, which to me was funny because everybody was doing voices and I was playing it straight. To me, right. that alone was funny.
1: <laughs> I, I think that that was fun. Yes,
0: <laughs> but I wanted to. I really wanted to because. In that sense, I wanted, there was something about the character that I wanted to convey. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to convey it without having to say it. Mm -hmm. And the way I thought about the character, I thought there there are going to be many moments that are going to be telling about this character and about his backstory. And they're going to come through in things that he says and in the way he says them. I'm not a voice actor. So that was super fucking hard. So I could not do it. And I eventually, I was like, nope, nope. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to sound like me. (laughs) And not a hundred and, I forgot how old my character was. I can't remember
1: either, but very old, over a hundred. End of life was kind of Mm -hmm. the idea. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I think what you're describing, at least in the limited, you know, campaigns that I've participated in and the groups that I've played with, tends to be a pattern that I've seen or a common experience that I've heard reported is that either I feel sort of silly uh, or self-conscious or I even remember someone saying like, well, we're not gonna do character voices right before joining because they were not comfortable or didn't, th- I don't know, for some people, maybe that's a step too far. Like then you're moving from playing a game to role-playing. So there, I think there is something really powerful and meaningful about using a character voice as a player. All on the alternative, I'm sure there's something pretty cool about hearing different voices. So I've, of course, of course just told the story about 20-sided stories. That was a pretty cool one. And I've listened to a whole bunch of podcasts, some where the players just use their normal voice, and some where they are just podcasters, not just podcasters, but not professional voice actors. And they use a character voice. And then I've listened to some where it's professional voice actors. So I've kind of gotten the whole gambit. And I think it's really cool to hear and experience those differences. And I can understand the perspective from all sides. And for some people who just don't want to do it or put in the extra effort, I think that makes sense. But I think it's especially fun for me to hear or rather listen to stories or podcasts where there is character voices because it makes it so much more immersive and engaging. And I think that when people get really into it and really um, connect with the character, you can tell um things you you know you can you can not everything has to be expressed verbally you can share things through the tone of voice or the words that are being said and so for example i think the adventure zone is one podcast that i've spoken about certainly with you and i honestly at this point i think a lot of people are familiar with it it's the second graphic novel is out now and so it's kind of a, a turned into kind of a big thing i even saw an article today or yesterday that referred to it as like a cultural phenomenon now, which is interesting. Um, And that's a cool show because they – They slowly transitioned into character voices. When they started playing D and D, they were all a little bit rusty. Some had never played before. And over time, um, one of the players specifically was like insisted that the other people did character voices and would like stop them. Like, nope, like you got to do it in your character voice now. Like that's, we got to get there. Hmm. And so that Hmm. was kind of interesting. And I think that doing those character voices and spending the time that they did, just kind of really engaging with the characters that they were playing made that such an emotional uh, personal experience for them. There are episodes where the players sometimes are like crying while they're sharing like personal backstory or details about those characters and, and listeners are crying. And I think that doing that character voice gives those characters so much life and has such power to be able to have that experience i don't think you would have gotten to that point or the listeners or the players if they wouldn't have done the character voices is my guess i think that brings the characters to life in a way that's so meaningful and allows you to connect so much more strongly as a player and a listener of of the show so i think that's really interesting and then you've got your your critical role uh you know your your professional voice actors and that's sort of a, a whole different ball game um and that show's just popular beyond all belief and expectations and recently had like the biggest Kickstarter of all time or something I think to ridiculous fund, yeah, me sick. <laughs> to fund a TV show <laughs> and so that that's like a whole separate probably topic uh to talk about why that show is popular the way it is and I have absolutely no doubt that having professional voice actors is very much a component of that.
0: So going back to the article is the the article that Carol writing is, is she saying that Shinji's voice is more meaningful because there's a trans woman voicing the character or is it also the fact that that is being portrayed by a professional, by a professional actor and those things that we said, like you want to convey them through the voice. This person is capable of doing that and portrayed all of those things. I don't know there's a combination here right that and I think mm-hmm. Carol says that in the in the article right that there's there's a lot going on there, which is why the article is is so interesting uh, I think, yeah, I think mean, it's really important I mean, so a part of it is there's a genuine part right like like when people 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 who can speak have voices, and when they speak, they say things with their words and without their words. there are things there that you can pick up we emote, right? We, mm-hmm. there's so much, I mean, for a while, I, I studied American sign language and that really, it put all of uh, language and voice into perspective for me because I started picking up on things in uh, spoken voices that I didn't really think about before because when I learned ASL, I was visually seeing the way that you could convey certain things with the same signs and it's the same way with spoken voices and, and spoken word and uh, just so much emotion and so much meaning, mm-hmm. uh, there, I don't even know what I'm getting at. I just, <laughs> I'm just like, I just, th- there's a, th- there's been a lot of reflection today and okay. So we're getting close to our D and D game. Mm-hmm. What expectations do you have of us, right? You're going to be our DM. This episode is coming out in a couple of
1: weeks, but we haven't, mm-hmm. we're supposed to create characters, right? Right. In that episode. Okay. Uh if everyone's comfortable with that, I'm I'm cool with yeah. that. Cuz I think there's something fun about making the characters together. And then I thought that yeah. would be a nice experience for maybe people who had never made characters to kind of see or rather listen to what that's like.
0: My yeah, point? yeah. Mm-hmm. So so like so right now there I have I'm there's I have zero information and we're going to do it all that day. Correct. Right. Okay. That's intimidating, right? So if we if we're talking about Adding this extra layer right of like uh, embodying the character fully mm-hmm. right by by also having having a voice go with it I'm, I'm gonna try i'm gonna go all in mm-hmm. uh, this time because I want to I wanted to uh, the last time we played but yeah it's like study and practice right it's something right. that I'm sure with time it'll come it'll come to me just like you can make the changes you want to your voice with practice if right. You want i can't believe you don't listen to the show this is is incredible this is oh man i think it's a good show i'm really proud of it i I am too i'm proud to be with the exception of of this one i think every episode is (laughs) is is, is fantastic this one has (laughs) no guidance whatsoever
1: no direction
0: (laughs) well i had like a million things that 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 i thought about and and they're all good we've 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 gone in different directions yeah
1: it's interesting. I, I have so I have two thoughts now to add to the million. One is I think that you touched on a couple of of really interesting points, circling again back to the article and how. That is such a unique experience because of the portrayal of the character as well as the person who is portraying the character. So I think that's kind of like a perfect storm of really cool representation for something that's very specific and in my guess is probably not represented all that often. I thought I think that's pretty cool. But then you do get into kind of those other layers of representation through voice that I think get a little bit maybe more dicey or a little bit trickier because, for example, on the adventure zone, there is are depicted by the, the player's characters of gender identities uh, or orientations and all sorts of, of things like that. And so I think on the one hand, you could say, that's really cool. There's really neat representation on there. But then on the other hand, you get into some weird territory where a cisgender person is voice acting a transgender character and what is that like for transgender community? I don't know. I don't belong to that community, Um, but I would be curious what the thoughts of those individuals are. On the one hand, is it cool that you have this representation in a D and D campaign? That's very popular. On the other hand, is it frustrating to have a cisgender person playing or voice acting a trans person's voice? So I think there's a lot of really interesting uh, and probably meaningful. And I think very, Just a lot, a lot of dynamics to be very cautious with um, in that area. I I think that's kind of it's a lot to unpack and a lot to reflect on.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Quite the can of worms. Yes.
1: Yeah. Right. (laughs) That uh, I've been thinking about that
0: throughout uh, our conversation, and something that I that I can't shake is how often characters sound like. You and me. Mm-hmm. So, I so we're definitely numb to that. I think absolutely. There's we're n- we're never missing people, you know, characters who sound like us and who represent, you know, in certain ways our our identities. Again, being American, being having generic American accents. Mm-hmm. At that, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Ah, this is gonna be really interesting. I can't wait to hear what people in the Discord say, because we're just like asking questions, and right.
1: someone answer and, these questions, please.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we've we've been we've been very cautious. I think mm-hmm. like we really haven't. I'm not sure we've we've declared anything or even nope. given any strong opinions my about usual anything. <laughs> <laughs> but damn, I can't I can't stop thinking about a lot of the stuff, and it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I guess how much can you, can you really address something like this when it's true? Like a lot of, we can relate to all the voices because too many voices, because they just, they just sound like us. Yep. I I think that's why like in fantasy, that's something that's so cool because you have these and sci-fi and, and, you know, and, and fiction, you have voices and characters that are over the top, mm-hmm. right. That aren't like the people you meet every day. And that's really cool don't want to i don't want to be like an everyday normal character right. i hope i don't end up playing some sort of character that's like an accountant pulled pulled from the real right. world and right. just like put it it's like it's his way in
1: <laughs> <laughs> this D world oh no it's <laughs> uh, you, that would suck you've jogged my jogged my thoughts again unsurprisingly this is a very <laughs> stimulating and interesting conversation When you ask me about my expectations as a DM, that's an interesting and somewhat loaded question for me, because that's something I've thought a lot about, not only in the context of our game, but in the context of my engagement in campaigns broadly, Um, because I think that for better or worse, more than likely worse – my expectations for engagement of D D are cranked up real high because I listen to so much really well done, voice acted, highly edited, uh, sound effect laden podcasts that depict. Oh shit! D&D. Why'd you tell me this? <laughs> so I, <laughs> the the impact of that then is then sometimes when I'm playing D at the table, and maybe another one of the players is just on their phone and not really engaged in the game. Or it's obvious that someone doesn't really like isn't en- generally just isn't engaged or isn't participating at this like um, unmeetable level that I have in my mind that I don't even like like I'm not meeting this level either I'm not a professional voice actor um, but it is interesting because I think that there are expectations now that I have because I've listened to so much good voice acting. And I think they're, like I said, they're probably more related to just being engaged and trying to tell an interesting story. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's a big question now for me is expectations about Dungeons & Dragons because of voices.
0: Damn it, man. See, <laughs> uh, another one of the things on my on my list. This is something that we, like, this is this is real world stuff, right? How often do you hear someone uh, speaking? And depending on the way that they speak, you have, you make assumptions. Mm-hmm. And and then you have expectations of them also, like uh, I don't know. This is a stupid fake example, but I don't know if I hear someone with a British accent, I assume they're you know more proper, fancy, <laughs> I don't know, right? right. And they absolutely. drink tea, you know mm. things like that. That's not true, but uh, you know things like that do. Like I have versions of that 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 are true, absolutely, and they're hard to shake, and they're they're formed by. Media mostly, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you've never met someone from England, you've only watched them on TV, and then you meet someone for the first time, you're gonna have a lot of assumptions about that person, mm-hmm. guaranteed. Whew. In therapy, as a therapist, we go through the same things, right? It's like you have assumptions, you have mm-hmm. certain expectations, you, but you also eventually learn to read people better. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know how many. I think. Every therapist eventually thinks that they get really good at it. <laughs> I think that I eventually got very good at it also, but <laughs> who knows uh, how, how, how right or wrong any of us really are. Many times we're very wrong, but, but there's still, again, there's so much to a voice. There's so much information there. There's so much going on that again, I'm, there's nothing particular that I'm saying. I'm just reflecting again <laughs> on the importance of that. and and being, I guess, I guess maybe if there's anything I want to say is that how, how important the voices are, but how dangerous it is also Mm -hmm. that for example, your reluctance to listen to your own voice Mm -hmm. is honestly, it's a little, it's a little frustrating.
1: (laughs) I'm sure (laughs) it is. put in a lot Uh, of work
0: on this. I do. I do. I do. And, and it's funny because you won't even remember the insights that you uh, like gave to the show or like Mm -hmm. now I feel like I need to give you more feedback because you're not even listening to the episode, so you don't know, you're not going to improve right? as a member of the cast or as a, as a podcaster, as a speaker,
1: mm-hmm.
0: if, if you don't listen to it and then like take notes and reflect on it. So I think I'm going to start giving you more feedback. I, to... can't, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Just listen to the show instead. It'll be easier for me. <laughs> you, you got it. I was going somewhere with that and I completely lost it my mind is going in a million directions here and nobody knows this. If they're still listening to us now, they don't know that we're both like in alternate locations that sure. we usually record. Uh, I'm like literally in another state. It is, uh, in an uncomfortable chair. <laughs>
1: I am too actually,
0: <laughs> but I want to, I, ah, man, there's, there's so much more that, that I, that I keep thinking about and, and, and want to say, but I don't, I don't know. It speaks can, to
1: like what a big topic voices, right? Like this is, there's so much to talk about when you're just talking about voice. I mean, what a big deal. You could have a, I shouldn't say this, especially to you, but you could have a whole podcast about voice, you know? (gasps) Oh no.
0: Are there other podcasts about voices? (laughs) I don't know. Again, again, I want to go in a million different directions on this. Maybe I should start a podcast. There you go. Uh, Because I think think there's way more that we could talk about um, regarding psychology and mental health. There's so much more about... Like in real life, the characters that we play—you mm-hmm. know—like, is your voice really your voice, or is this—is this your podcast voice? No, is this your radio. I voice? definitely <laughs>
1: have different voices. I definitely have a therapist voice, and I definitely have a hanging out at home or with friends or family voice. Like, uh, get out compared to just a work voice. Uh, you know, work, what's the I'm difference? Not. It's it's very subtle. <laughs> I think my therapist voice is higher, for sure. <laughs> Like higher, like louder, or like higher, Hi, like higher pitched. Higher pitched. I, I work with a lot of really? kids, I think. So I think I, I think I naturally do that, like not like the like puppy dog voice, but I think my, I tend to raise it up just a little bit when I'm with kids for sure.
0: Give, give me an example.
1: I don't think I can. I can't do it on command. Hi, I'm Dr.
0: Brandon. Hi, Dr. <laughs> Baby Brandon. Now, now, do you like, now do you like doing... my Beyblade? I don't.
1: I can't do it. Uh, but I love that. I love your voice of a little kid. I don't know. Damn it, man. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm just like I'm just kind of I'm shooting from the hip here so to speak. But I think like well even one of my professors in graduate school said like, "Oh yeah, Brandon has a nice therapy voice." I should I should have asked him, what do you mean specifically? Uh, why? What's different about it? I don't know. You're missing out on tons of feedback in your life. I know. This is what happens when, <laughs> just you, when up. you don't listen to your own voice. Mm. And you just take things like that and say, all right, sounds good. Bye. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: man. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I try really hard to sound the same mm-hmm. with the exception of... So, for example, when we're editing, when I'm editing a podcast sometimes, I can tell like, oh, I was really tired that day. Mm. Or I didn't do my hype music at the beginning. Sure. Because, and I don't know, like, do you think I sound different from when we're recording to when, like, before and after? No, I don't think so. I try, like, other than just, like, raising the volume when, at the beginning. Right. (laughs) Like, welcome to GT Radio. Other than that, everything is pretty much. I immediately go back down to my <laughs> to my lower level.
1: <laughs> That's interesting. I th- I'm just realizing. I think I did that same thing on Jedi Council. That spike hmm. in the first second.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh.
1: Oh, I bet Man. I learned that from you. liar
0: (laughs) see i just picked up
1: some lying in your voice well that's true you're so that's an interesting even another avenue because we don't have much left to talk about about voice was even earlier on when speaking about feedback you gave me some feedback that like sometimes i say things in my kind of regular tone of voice, but I'm saying it as a joke. But it sounds like I'm just being a jerk because I don't change the inflection of my voice at all. And you're like, "Look, like I get, yeah, I get that you're joking, but you sound like a dick. So, like, you sound like you're being a jerk." Yeah. To, to be clear, right? That didn't happen today. Like
0: that happened. Right. That's happened before. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Off off the show.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. In earlier episodes that I was on, not earlier in this episode. Right. Exactly. I've I've
0: literally. Taken moments of your voice from a different part of the episode and replace them in a different part because you sounded like a dick. Right, and 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 I know you. It's it's one of those things where like I know you well enough that I know exactly what you were doing. You were going like it was it was monotone, sarcastic, deadpan delivery. It's that classic Brandon humor. <laughs> it is. I was like. Most people aren't going to get that. I'm editing this. (laughs) Actually, I've even, I've even done this. I've even sped up your voice. Oh, interesting. Because you, you would do something again. It's, it's, I can't, I can't think of an example right now, but it's like, Hey, Brandon, did you, I don't know. Hey, Brandon, did you bring that money you owe me? And you're like, you know, I did or something like, I don't know. Like (laughs) that's not a good example, but it's like, you would do it in a way that's like, what is he, is he? Joking? Is he serious? Right. And that was a horrible example. I don't know why that was an example. I can't think of a real one. But then, it's like, if I sped it up, it sounded more lively. Sure. I, think. I put way too much work into this editing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta start listening. I'm probably like, who is that? That's I didn't even say those things. <laughs> That's
0: interesting because uh, I've actually done this in the past where other people on the show have said things. Like there was one time when Lara. Like she likes to give me shit, but like sometimes on the episode it comes across, it doesn't come across as nice mm-hmm. or playful at all. <laughs> so I will cut out those interactions. Like I know what she meant, mm-hmm. but no. Right. Actually on the last episode, she called, she called Lauren a jerk a couple times and I thought about removing it. Sure. But I was like, I think, I think it was, I think it was playful enough that people will get that she was joking. I'm also making a lot of assumptions here. I'm i making assumptions about the way it would sound to other people. I'm making assumptions mm-hmm. about what you actually meant. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you were being a dick. It's very possible. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, damn, we make a lot of assumptions based on, on people's
1: voices. Just on voice. I mean, how yeah. much communication is done through voice that's totally irrelevant to the words that you're saying?
0: I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah and i listen to podcasts i listen to a ridiculous amount of podcasts i listen at 2.x speed 2.5x speed almost everything there's some shows that i lower it a little bit but there's there are very few shows that i don't listen to at more than you know 1.5 sure and all day that's like all day <laughs> like i wake up i put my airpods on i'm just constantly listening to stuff and i think about this stuff all the time all the freaking time <laughs> And there are people's voices who, I don't know, like I, I feel like I read into people's voices a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, so now as, as we've talked about this for a ridiculously long time and I just like, honestly, I don't, I don't care. We can keep going. It can be the longest episode in a while Um, where the longest episode where we said nothing, <laughs> um, but I do read a lot into voices. And I think, like we said, maybe we can't relate to Carol's experience and, and what she read into Shinji's voice. But there's a lot in Shinji's voice. Like, Ava <sighs> is a really weird show, so I'm not gonna get into go into details about some of the things that <laughs> you won't get it, <laughs> right? Uh, about the show. But there is a lot going on, and there are a lot of things, especially from Ray. As I'm rewatching it, there's a character named Ray, and there are things she speaks probably less than any other character, says fewer words than any other character on the show but there's way more nuance and meaning to what she's saying and it's completely different than than what shinji goes through sure damn i love that show but i don't know this is something again that's something i think about all the time i i listen to people's voices all the time i listen to people's voices enough that i i can see i can like tell differences you know I'm like i think this person's really tired today or they're not feeling well or that they're kind of angry there. Or they're mm-hmm. really, uh, you know, sad or that made them really happy. Like they sound, they sound like they're smiling. Like what does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> but there, there are a lot of things that you can pick up and, and yeah, it is just a matter of uh practice. This is something that I'm going to, uh, these conversations, not only am I going to re-listen to this a few times because we edit it and, you know, and, and then I, I, I listen to it again just to double check. But this will <laughs> definitely stay on my mind for a while. Yeah. There's a lot that, that that article made me think about. And and as we get closer to that d episode, mm-hmm. why don't you give us a kind of a, a preview of what's going to happen over the next few weeks? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So I'm very excited about it. We are doing a D&D trilogy um that i'm I'm very excited about, so the first episode is going to really just be just a conversation about d and d and I've talked about it on the show and i'm you know it's it probably won't be anything too new, but I'm just curious to talk a little bit about the background and maybe <clears throat> maybe speculate about why d and d has gotten so popular and talk a little bit just about the resurgence and why it's meaningful and representations about d and d like you know, uh, Stranger Things Season 3, that was kind of interesting, and and, uh, and maybe the, some of the background with how it was so associated with, like, satanic worship and, and death by suicide and things like that. I just think it's such an interesting, rich topic, and there's a lot to talk about. And I think that the company, Wizards of the Coast, is making a lot of really cool moves to make D&D more accessible, like releasing their new essentials kit. And the Essentials Kit is cool because it comes with a full set of dice, including two D20s so you can roll with advantage or disadvantage, and four D6s so you can roll for all of your stats, and a really neat campaign booklet and a cool little DM screen and all sorts of status cards and magic weapon cards and a a rule book. It's very, very cool for 25 bucks. I think there's a lot to get. But what's especially cool, in my opinion, is you can play it with just one player as the DM and one character. Player, which is unusual. You typically need more than one player to play realistically. So they're making it as accessible as they can. And what's especially cool about the Essentials Kit is I've picked it up. And we're going to, on the second episode, create some characters and start the campaign, which is called the Dragon of Ice Spire Peak, I think. I might be mixing that title up now, the name of it. I've got it next, sitting on my nightstand. I've been reading it in the evenings, but not looking at the cover that much, although the art is very cool. So that's going to be an especially long episode because we're going to make some characters we're going to play for a while. And then after that, when folks have had a chance to listen, I'm really curious if anyone has any questions about the story or about the characters or the motivation or the choices or what could have happened if they did this. And... Then we'll answer some of those questions on the third episode and sort of do a debrief with the characters. Uh, What was it like to play again for folks who have played before or played often or maybe folks who have not played as much and really kind of dig into that piece a little bit. So I'm really excited. It's going to be kind of a background, an actual play episode, and then like a debrief episode, like our version of the talking dead, Uh, but just (laughs) kind of hashing over the campaign. So I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah, and you like Dandy, right? You know, I'm vaguely familiar with it. No, of course I like it. It's it's, uh, just far and away um, my favorite hobby. And I think there's so much to talk about because even like another thing I'm curious, or gosh, I, I don't want to overload the episode, but even thinking about how can you have fun with D&D if you can't play as often as you want, which is the case for me often. And for me recently that's turned into 3D printing and painting and making miniatures and I want to get into making like dioramas and stuff or like dungeons. So it's it's really cool because it's such a neat dynamic hobby that you can socialize and engage with others but also you can be creative and find ways to enjoy and appreciate it um, individually or on your own or kind of on your own time in your downtime. So yeah, I think there's a lot to talk about. And, and as you know, I've wanted to do a a D and D podcast for a long time. I think that I have some anxiety about doing like a full series because my expectations are high for myself. Um, and this is a way to sort of dip my toes into that and what might that look like. Um, because I, I think there's, I, I'm really interested in telling interesting stories. And I think Dungeons and Dragons is uniquely situated to tell interesting stories in a way that can be meaningful and you can really enjoy the experience with people who you enjoy spending time with. And frankly, the three of you who I record this podcast with fall under that umbrella. So I'm really excited to play with you all.
0: Ooh, I cannot wait.
1: Yes. I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be good. It's be good. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, this train wreck has been this week's episode of GT Radio. Voice. That's the conclusion.
1: <laughs> voice. What do we call this thing? What is the what uh, is the title? Ramblings of voice. Voices on voice. What? Voices on voice? Voices on voice. I
0: don't voice know. Voice on voice on voice? Voice
1: on voice on voice. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. Too much well, voice. I, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Again, I, I think I have a lot more to, to say about this topic. I will take into into consideration your suggestion that we just start a whole podcast about it. There it is. Uh, <laughs> I do want to do something on language, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So thank you so much for listening, if you got this far. And please, uh, on the GT Forum or on the GT Discord, let us know your thoughts about any of the things that we talked about. We talked about a lot of things. We only... Uh, you know, touch on, on the surface uh, some of the some topics that could be full-blown episodes and I'd, I'd love to talk more about this so check out links for all of our community spaces in the show notes and check out geektherapy.com for more about our shows, about everything Geek Therapy. Thank you for listening. Remember to geek out and do good and we will be back next week. This episode was brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters. We'd like to say a special thank you to our Patreon producers this month, Ben, Booney, John, Kat, Mark, Reese, Jamila, and Lydia. To learn more about how to support Geek Therapy and gain access to exclusive content, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy.